episode 146 times, Scotty. Parkrun Adventurers coming at you two weeks in a row, three weeks in a row even, if you sort of clarify that the last one was in just by hair's breadth. My name is Mel Erbecker. Scotty Trickett is my co-host, who I'm assuming is on the other end of the line. Are you here, Scotty? I'm still here. Can you hear me, Mel Erbecker? <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> It's it's been a big weekend, Scotty. It has. We spent the weekend together, and just to clarify, one forty-five made it out last week. It did. It it, went, it was released on Saturday. That's totally that's totally last week. Yeah, we were talking about stuff that had happened in the past, but we were talking about it to happen in the future. But it still went out on Saturday. And the reason why I went out on Saturday is because I'm having too much fun hanging out with you. <laughs> I didn't have enough time videos. to sit down and edit. No. <laughs> and the thing is, most people, well, I, I shouldn't make generalizations like that, but we do understand that some people listen to episodes uh, a week later anyway. So I'm sure the actual timeliness of us talking about where we were going and what we were doing was probably not very important in the grand scheme of things. We'll try to do better this week, though, won't we? It is important this week. So let's talk about where we were on Saturday. Well, where would you go if you were an adventurer that loves orange and purple because that's the colour of your ugly Christmas singlet? I'd try and find an anniversary that was celebrating a apricot and purple theme. Was it apricot and purple? I just thought it, well, or apricot and aubergine. I thought it was just orange yeah. and purple because of the orange fluoro volunteer vests and the oh, purple. Actually, you're right. Yeah. No, you're right. That's what they said on the day. So we, we went to Cirame. Mel and I adventured to Cirame, which we did say in last week's episode, but we said it after we bit, we'd been there. But you're right. <laughs> it was a purple to celebrate the volunteers, the aubergine, and the orange, not for apricot, it was to celebrate the orange vests. The volunteer we orange vests, yeah. In Australia. That's an Aussie thing, you know. Is it, uh, doesn't everybody in the world wear orange vests? No. I think you should know this. Don't they? They wear yellow in the UK. No, I've, I'm sure I've seen orange in the UK. Well, I mean, I can't honestly say that I was there in person. I, I thought I'd seen them in pictures. Maybe I haven't. That's okay. I mean, I guess it's all right for everybody to have different colours. Yeah, it is. It is. So, Sirume, what to explain the course to us, Mel, and um, let us know your thoughts of the morning. Because I had a great what... morning. <laughs> you know what you want to do when you are six months pregnant, Scotty is you want to find a very, very hilly course um, that isn't pram-friendly, that isn't um, isn't flat, definitely not flat. And you, you want to walk that as fast as you possibly can. And that's Cirame. Cirame is definitely a hilly course. And you know what? One of the hills comes right at the end between the four and a half uh, or the four and the four and a half K mark. And... Um, that's lovely and delightful, but not <laughs> unexpected because you actually go down said hill at the start, obviously, too, after the first 500 metres. So it's uh, one of the few events that I've been to that has actually like properly starts on an incline, like you run across um, a field or an oval. Well, it's not an oval. I guess you'd call it a field, wouldn't you? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an open amphitheatre where they have Day on the Green concerts and various other concerts. Yeah. So, so it's a vast expanse of green stuff. Yeah, which is lovely. There were wallabies there when we started. Um, they had kind of snuck off more into the trees as the day wore on a little bit and more runners accumulated. But then, yeah, you, so you go up a hill and then you go down a hill and then you go up a little bit more of a hill and twist around to the right and you follow um, – there's, I guess it's access tracks through the farmland there and the grass either side of the course is just amazing and beautiful and very serene and it's um, head height. So it's it's like something out of one of those movies where, you know, the aliens are hiding in the, in the cornfields or something like that. And I can imagine it would be quite eerie if you were out there on your own. Um, That's what I did. I compared it to the children of the corn. I had that feeling <laughs> of running through the cornfields, even though it was tall grass. And there were snakes in there. I know there were snakes coming out to attack me. At one point, at one point, it sounded like the grass was talking to me, but it turned out I was just approaching a corner, and there were park runners around the other side who were oncoming on their way back, and they were having a chat as they were running. So. Hey, can I go back to the hill? Because it's a cross-country course, so mm -hmm. it's all on grass, uneven surface. So at the start, all I'm doing is concentrating on my feet, making sure I can stay upright. I don't remember going down that hill. Not at all, really. Ba barely, barely. I remember I looked at my watch for the first K and I thought, oh, that's pretty quick. I must be doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it all came into sharp focus when, when um, we got and to went, Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I got to that. You come around the corner, and we've got one of our volunteer marshals there. And I'm thinking, we're nearly done. And then there's this goddamn hill that I just completely blew up on. Like, and I think 15 or 16 people must have overtaken me, maybe more. The added technical part of it is you go diagonally up the hill. So you've got the camber, you're not going straight up a hill where you're just straight elevation you're, you're going to cross it so you've got the camber like away to your left and um yeah trying to run sideways that's probably why you didn't notice it on the way down too because yeah. of the camber of it as well but uh, you know the volunteers true. on that part of the course they certainly have a nice view of the office on the day which is always good yeah it's not an easy course old serum eh? But I love the setting. Any Anytime you can put a park run in a setting like that, gets a big tick. Love the wallabies at the start. But it seems like every time I go to Brisbane in the summer, there are the Zupa Dupas. Yeah. Um, I, I resisted one for a while. I went for the oranges to keep on theme. Uh, yeah, with the with the colour color scheme. But after the event, I wanted to get a bit – I wanted to – Go to the turnaround point where they had a nice uh, little setup with all the volunteers. Thank the volunteers there. Get a bit more of a tour of the grounds with our ambassador, Alan. And when I came back, I, I couldn't resist a pineapple super duper. Oh, well, at least you chose a good flavour. I, I didn't partake of a Zupa Dupa. I'm not too much a fan. Like, it's ironic. I will give me a, a slab of cake and I will eat it, you know, baked sugary goodness. Absolutely. But just... You know, an, an ice block, a sugary ice block after park runs, not really tickling my fancy. I the do. Sugar content is high, isn't it? Like it burns your throat. Going down. <laughs> it's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. You know, it's 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 a lovely gesture from those people who like to bring them along to share. Absolutely, it was their anniversary, so people were in celebrating. 
they were they were and it was a really friendly crew as well i found i mean oh obviously volunteers are almost always friendly but i i found them to be a particularly friendly bunch this lot so great job to the serum a team so what are we doing five we started the review ranking system last week what are we doing five out of five Oh, okay. I thought you were referring to the most events list. Um, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't on board with that last week, and I'm pretty sure I'm still not on board with that, Scotty. So, if you want to rank it, I'm giving. I'm giving him five out of five. Okay. Is this whole ranking system just a means for you to give every event five out of five every week, or? Well, you'll have to listen every week. To is find that a out. trend? We'll see. Well, I, I would like to mention because this podcast is all about you and me. <laughs> um, self-indulgent here. I did get 148 for my Wilson Index. And for those playing along at home, I also got to stop watch bingo, which means I've only got two left to go. And it was only mildly um, fabricated. Because you know what I did again, Scotty? I was going for a different number. And... It turns out that's not the number that I needed. So <laughs> I think it's working in my favour that I only have a rough idea of whereabouts I need stuff. And look, to be honest, all I, all I did was slow down for about two seconds at the finish line. So I was already in the ballpark anyway. I swear to God, Mel, if you get it before me. How many have you got left to go? I've got one. I've got one. I've been stuck on that one for a while. <laughs> and again, I missed it by a mere second, so I blame the hill Again, not my fitness, lack of fitness for blowing up. I should probably not laugh because chances are I'll be stuck on one for like three years. Yeah. Just won't be able to get it. (laughs) (laughs) Our guest this week has run and won a bunch of marathons around the world and is currently on a quest to get her six-star medal. In a couple of weeks, she's heading to Tokyo, so we're going to find out all about that. Welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers, Kirsten Malloy. Thanks so much. It's great to be here today. Kirsten, tell us exactly what the six-star medal is, because I think that's a highly achievable and highly sought-after medal, award. What exactly is it? Yeah, so it is actually a medal. It's um, a huge medal, in fact, and it ha- it represents the six marathon majors, the six biggest races in the world as far as um, marathon goes. And so it's New York, Boston, Chicago, London, Tokyo and Berlin. And I'm really lucky in that I had the opportunity in a week and a half's time to go to Tokyo, which will be my fifth of the six. Um, and yeah, I've been working on this for quite a few years now because obviously you can't go to all six international races in one year due to, you know, finances and annual leave and, and work and whatnot. So it has been a few years in the making. Kirsten, you're a little bit of a, a speed start on the running shoes. So can you explain to me with the six star medal, do you have to when you participate, do you have to win or do you have to come in really high or is it just literally like a participation medal and even us slow smucks can, um, you know, have a chance at it if we've got the time and the money to get along to these events? Yeah, absolutely. Anyone can go to it. Having said that, there is a few ways to get in. So you can qualify for each of them through a time, which is how I've been fortunate enough to get into each of them. You can fundraise a certain amount to get into them um, or you can go in a lottery. So all six 
except Boston has a lottery set up so you can throw your name in the ring and try and get pulled out. And the statistics are huge, like particularly somewhere like New York where there's hundreds of thousands of people that go into the lottery each year and, um, you know, a few thousand names will come out. So if you do want to go, um, it's not just for fast runners, it's anyone can do it. Anyone, I believe, can run a marathon with a bit of hard work and um, dedication. So, yeah, any anyone can possibly do it. It's just, yeah, you've got to either fundraise or lottery or, or qualify. And you're heading to Tokyo in a, in a week's time, a bit over a week's time. Which one after Tokyo have you got left to do? Yeah, so just London, which will be next year, 2020. Um, they London next year actually will act as the World Marathon or World Championships for the Masters, so 40 years and over. Um, it's the first time we've had anything like that, like that. And I'll actually turn 40 in a few months' time, so I'll hopefully be able to get enough points to qualify for that. So it'll double as my final leg of the six-star, but also um, a 40-plus Masters run, I, I'm hoping. Do you know off top of your head, Kirsten, if um, or what the numbers are about people who've actually achieved the six star? Is there sort of a record or a list of those people somewhere? Oh, there is actually. I'm off the top of my head. I don't know the numbers, but it's certainly they do have a hall of fame, and if you do get your six star, you do go on to the hall of fame. Um, and I feel, particularly in Australia, it's the momentum's really building because it is quite attractive to a lot of people because. You know, you go to these events and it, it is a total experience, but then a lot of people make a holiday out of it as well and you're seeing amazing things in amazing cities. Like can you imagine the whole of New York, the whole city, all of the boroughs closed down for a day? Like it's unheard of. And the same thing will be in Tokyo and same with all these cities, but just the, the size of New York. Um, Tokyo, to give you an example, the, the population of the whole of Australia is the population in Tokyo. So it's it's going to be incredible to see the, the, the city shut down for a day for a marathon. Can you take us back to 2016 when you ran at New York? You were in the elite field. How was that experience? Yeah, so it was a, really an emotional thing for me, to be perfectly honest, because never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that I would be able to stand on the start line of the elite um, race in the New York City Marathon next to the likes of Edna Kiplagat, who um, is the fastest woman in the world, and Mary Katani, you know, these amazing Kenyans that you see on TV. Um, I really only wanted to run the New York Marathon and I didn't care how I ran it, but to be asked to be part of the elite start and New York's one where the women start 30 minutes ahead of the men's start and the main the main start. So there's literally 30 of us on the start line and honestly it was incredible. I was in tears because it was like, you know, as a kid in a candy candy shop, you see these women on TV and, yeah, it was just, it was incredible. Look, I didn't have the best run of my career. It was, um, I did think, I think I did get caught up in, in the day in the emotion of it, but to this day it is the most incredible experience I've ever had and, yeah, it was just a memory that will last forever. And everyone I talk to, I've, I've said to people, you know, you have to go and run the New York Marathon. If you do nothing else in your life, go and run the New York Marathon. And this year I actually, sorry, in um, 2018, I actually ran with my partner who 
um, is very new to running and we actually ran it together side, side by side just in the general general start and I'd been rabbiting on for, for so many years about how incredible it was and um, I'm a member of the Newcastle Flyers Running Club and we had I think 10 of us running in the same event and I was telling them all how incredible it was and when I finished I thought oh I hope they're not all disappointed and every single one of them said Kirsten you really pumped it up bigger than anything in the world but it was even bigger than that like it was even better than what you said and I thought that was incredible because I'd really pumped it up um yeah it's just it the catch phrase in New York is the the race that will change you and it absolutely changes you because you go through all the boroughs and everyone doesn't matter who you are you know black white Hispanic English speaking non-English speaking police officer fire brigade everyone comes out and the whole city just comes together and it's just like I'm getting goosebumps talking about it now. It's just, it just, it does move in. It hits, hits you right in the heart. It's just, yeah, it's incredible. Far out. I can hear the passion and, and, and the love for it in your voice. And I've only done one very, very non-serious marathon in my life so far, but you're, you're even starting to pique my interest, I have to admit. Now, one thing New York hasn't got is a park run that you could do yes. before um, the New York Marathon. However, Berlin, which you've also done, has got a park run. In fact, they've got several park runs around and about the place. And I understand that you popped along to Hasenheide Park Run before Berlin Marathon last year. Yeah, so it was incredible. It's uh, probably one of my top 10 memories in my whole running life and so um, Hassenheide, which is a, it's in a park, um, so in Berlin, but just out of the, the main city. It was about, I think, a 8K jog for us to get there to the start line. Um, so they'd only kicked off 12 months or less than 12 months before that. So they hadn't been going a year. And they average around about 40 runners a week. Um, obviously, the numbers do drop off in the snow. Um and on that Saturday morning, the day before the Berlin Marathon, there was more than 500 runners and they ran out of tokens. They did five separate uh, briefings, five separate briefings in numerous languages, English, German, Spanish, I think. Um, but, yeah, it was incredible to watch more than 500 people and then them to panic about not having tokens. And it was just, it was incredible. And... To see the passion of the volunteers and the race director just totally in shock of what happened and how many people came to do it was just, it was out of this world. It was a beautiful course in a park, um, like a, yeah, like a, a park where you'd go and walk your dogs and, and do things like that. But it was just, it, yeah, it blew my mind to see that amount of people there. And you're one of our elites who does attend park run fairly regularly, even volunteer from time to time. Your local is at Port Macquarie, but you've travelled around to a few other park runs around Australia. How do you enjoy the park run experience? Yeah, I, I love park run. Um, I don't get there as much as I'd like to, um, but I've kind of been uh, swept up in some of my, my running friends here in Port Macquarie's passion to, to go and do the park run tourism. So um, I do try to get to if I'm holidaying or out and about, I try to get to the odd ones here and there. It, you know, we've come a long way since Newey Park Run and I reckon I, that was about, oh, I'd be six or eight years ago when I first did my, my park run there and 
yeah, it's just it's totally exploded in Australia. Um, it'd be nice to see it rolled out like in the States where, you know, there's so much potential. But it has ex- absolutely exploded in Australia. Like in um, Newcastle where I regularly run, you know, we start out with Newby Park Run. There's bucket loads there now. And it's just incredible. And it's Park Run is such a community event because it doesn't cost anyone anything. No one has to do anything. You know, you rock up on a, a Saturday morning and Park Run changes lives. Like I've, I've seen it firsthand where people, you know, aren't fit, do no exercise, and then Park Run comes to town and, and it explodes. Like it literally explodes. And people, whether they're walking, jogging, running, you know, it's just it changes the whole community. It, it changes generations because parents go with their kids. And a lot of the time I'll run with some of my friends and some of the people that I'm coaching and those sorts of things. So I, I generally don't go to park run to, to look for a PB or look for a fast time. On occasion I might go hard, but for me it's about the experience and catching up with the friends and, and, and running with other, other runners. And you have tripped around quite a bit uh, across different states and things like that. Have you got any highlights from the Aussie park runs that you've done, Kirsten? Um, it's always nice to go to the ones in Queensland, usually before the Gold Coast Marathon. Um, so the Kira one's pretty cool. Um, you know, Bowral was pretty awesome, actually. Brett Bowral was the day before I ran the Canberra Marathon. Um, and I spent a lot of my childhood up that way. So it was almost like coming home. Um, and that was really cool. Um, a lot of, lot of people there. And yeah, it was a beautiful course. And a lot of these towns and cities that park runs in, it's really showcasing the town and people go, oh, you know, I would never normally go there, but how amazing is this place? And then they tell their friends and family and, you know, then they might go holidaying then. So it is, it is good for tourism. Tell us about the Newcastle Flyers. They've probably got the second best running uniform in Australia. Do you have to be fast to run with the Flyers? Because every time I see them at a park run, they're usually up the front and flying. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to ask you a question back first. So it's the second best uniform. Who's the first... I might be biased there. I might be biased, but it's my own running club, the Westerfoldians. Of which he designed the uniform. Of so. which I designed, yes. Um, so the, it's all relative, really. Okay. I'll let you get away with that one. Um, Thank you. No, absolutely not. You don't have to be amazing um, to be a flyer, a Newcastle flyer. Um, I was sort of um, one of the early Newcastle Flyers when, you know, on a Sunday morning you'd get three or four of us to the Sunday morning long run. And I went down there recently and I think we had 50 for the Sunday morning long run, which is just incredible um, when we've come so far in really in a matter of less than 10 years, particularly in the last five years, it's just exploded. But the really interesting thing, and I don't hope I'm not um, sharing secrets, but what how they um, run the long run, for example, is – um, because the Newcastle Flyers is from the old Flyers train, there's three trains. There's three train lines and there's a red, blue and white, which is our, our colours, and it's a different pace for each one. So you you do go as a group and if you're not feeling amazing, you might, uh, and you're normally in the faster group, you might go to the, the second or third group and vice versa. And there's no judgement. Everyone runs together and looks after each other. And um, there are other sessions during the week where, um, you know, we'd, we'd get together. But you don't have to be fast. It is all-inclusive. But I think there are some amazing athletes coming through and um, some, there are some very quick people in that 
in that club. So you do you do see them um, running around the place at Park Run and also at other big events. So the uniform does stand out. So there is a bit of a um, you know eyes eyes on it. Um, but yeah, you don't have to be fast. A- anyone's welcome to join. They'll, they'll um, literally take anyone. It's about empowering people to move and and run and and be with like-minded people so anybody's welcome to join the Newcastle Flyers that's for sure. I'll be honest Kirsten I don't recall ever seeing the uniform can you paint me a bit of a word picture of what it looks like and for those of our listeners who haven't seen it either? Sure so it's white although you may see the um, black singlet at park run at non- bib events because the rule is you can only wear your white bib at an event uh you can only wear the black at a at not an event you have to wear the white one and it's basically red white and blue and it symbolizes the old uh, newcastle fire that ran from newcastle to sydney the fast train which unfortunately um, we don't have anymore um but it's a really interesting story i'm not a hundred percent on the history of it but there was a school assignment for a particular school in Newcastle where they had to do a business, basically a mock-up, a business for the Newcastle Flyers and they had to design a logo and put a business case and um, the president of the club and a couple of executives actually went to the school and um, interviewed them and that became the Newcastle Flyers logo. So it was actually a, a high school student. I love it. It's great. Now, one thing, I, another thing I love, Kirsten, is I've got a little bit of an obsession with shoes. I have far too many, yep. but my shoe of choice at the moment is the On Clouds. Yep. And these are a bit of an innovative shoe, and you've been wearing them for a while. In fact, you go back to the early days with this brand. Can you can you tell us a bit about that? And- yeah, so I've been in On since um, 2010, and one of the first in Australia to have them, and um, a friend of mine was obsessed with them and um, basically forced them onto me. Um, and I loved them from the first minute I put them on. I, I did love them. I've been lucky enough to go to headquarters in Zurich and see some of the prototypes. I went there about five years ago now, maybe four. And some of the prototypes they were working on back then um, are coming out now. Um, I love them because they allow me to do a lot of kilometres um, without injury. They're also very pretty. They're, they're a very attractive shoe and they do stand out. Um, I personally l- like the Cloud Surfer. Um, it's a little bit heavier than, for example, the Clouds, um, but I like to have a, a bit of shoe around me just for the amount of kilometres that I do. Um, yeah, so that they back then they were really state-of-the-art and very out there. Um, to the point where um, uh, I think it might have been 2014 or 2015, um, there was a question mark over at the New York Marathon, are they legal? Are they springs? Um, They are legal. They do feel like springs and they make you run faster. So, um, yeah, I'm obsessed with them too and I think I've got nearly every shoe in every colour. So Yeah, I'm a massive fan. I'm not sure if they've made me run faster just yet. But, yeah, I'm with you. They look great too. So the Swiss do things uh, design-wise really well. So, and I guess that shows in the shoe. 
At what point do you do you think, and this is a question probably for both of you, that things like equipment should become illegal for using? Like it's not like they're battery powered or, um, you know, they give you propulsion. It's still a manual thing running. So at, at what point does clothing become too performance enhancing that it gets ruled out? I think that's the beauty of running that, um, unlike some sports like cycling or swimming, the technology is in everything, particularly in the marathon. I think if you're running a 100-metre sprint or 200-metre sprint, yeah, absolutely. The technology, every gram um, or 0.1 of a gram is very, very important. I think when you're running the marathon, yeah, technology is a little bit important, but it's not a major factor. Um I guess in the top end it is. Uh, we saw Kipchoge break the world record with, um, you know, a bit of technology, but it's not imperative and that's the beauty of running, that anyone can get a pair of joggers. Some people some people don't even wear joggers. They go barefoot. Um, but you don't need a lot of things to run. You know, a lot of people make out that you do. You need your, your fancy watches and don't get me wrong, I do like a nice watch. Um, but you don't need it. You can put on a pair of average shoes and go and run, um, which is kind of what I really like about running. makes it affordable for anyone. An excellent thing to remember when we're all looking at strapping fans to the backs of ourselves so that we can get propelled forward. I, I often do events in fancy dress with wings and um, there's n- every single time somebody makes a comment about that's being cheating because you can just fly. So <laughs> important to remember that running is not about the doodads and the gadgets and we can just get out and do it. Thank you for joining us this week, Kirsten. It's been lovely chatting to you and hearing all about your goals and, and all the fun you've been having tripping about the world and participating in marathons. Your enthusiasm is definitely infectious. So I think I might have to go look up the New York Marathon lottery and see what's involved certainly not for next year because i'm not going to be ready for that but in the not too distant future perhaps i might i might hold you to that um i'm a coach so when you're ready i'm happy to provide you with a program and do some coaching awesome Over our summer break, we had a bunch of roving reports came in that we played a few weeks ago, but somewhere in the universe, we lost one. And it was when Lyndall visited Queen's Domain, which would have been really cool because Lyndall was there, I think, the week before I went, so we could have learnt about it before I went. But we're going to extend the time travel episode to go back in time to when Lyndall adventured to Queen's Domain. G'day Parkrun Adventurers, g'day Scotty, g'day Mel, it's Lyndall and I'm checking in this morning from Queen's Domain 
park run in Tasmania. Now I'm here of course for my queue but I've lucked out it's their anniversary and it's also a new course so it's there's a real buzz of excitement here today so um, their birthday's on so there's cake um, there's also a theme their theme is queue because there's so many people that come here to get their queue so I'm dressed as a Queenslander today all in maroon um, we've got a queen here we've got a question mark we've got all kinds of things here so anyway I'm going to uh, just we're not far off starting so I'm going to check in do the run and I'll have a chat later on it's hard to believe that 12 months ago we took a leap to provide you with a park run so the benefits you can reap I told the council I wanted to start a park run in the city they said we don't know what that is but it sounds kind of pretty <laughs> jokes aside our local council gave us their full support which is good because without them we'd have to abort it also helps that our national sponsors were there Medibank supporters, even when Matthew called them Medicare. <laughs> Who could forget our wonderful volunteers? All 344 of them this year deserve our cheers. <laughs> the Queen's Domain course has been modified. I hope you can see the changes as an upside. Before we start, make sure your course is familiar so you don't run along thinking, oh, this is all very peculiar. <laughs> So we can all enjoy our park run day, I do have some reminders I'd like to say. When you finish, give your finishing tokens to our scanners. Really, it's just good manners. If you need to use the toilet, head over to the club rooms before you soil it. If you have a puppy, keep them on a lead, and children must be with you always. Are we all agreed? Yep. If you have a pain behind your rib, there's no need to panic, we've got a defib. Please keep left along the track, yes I'm talking to you. We don't want any collisions, but that's nothing new. If you're celebrating a run milestone, come up in a minute so I can take a picture of you on my phone. This event starts at nine. If everyone was listening, we'll all be fine. Remember, today's about having fun and doing your best, so good luck and enjoy from all of us in an orange vest. Alrighty, I've tracked down Nicholas, the event director here. Now, Nicholas, I captured a fair bit of your rhyming uh, parkrun <laughs> um, briefing. Is that a regular occurrence here at Queen's Domain? Uh, yeah, it is. So, um, of the three run directors that we have, myself and Joe uh, read out a little poem just for something a bit different um, to get our message across to our athletes. Um, Matthew's not all that confident, though. He doesn't like doing it, so... Two out of three weeks, we've got a rhyme to begin the, the park run, yeah. Excellent. So what inspired that? Um, so I'm a teacher um, when I'm not a park run director, apparently. Um, and uh, I was procrastinating when I was report writing. So, Excellent. Yeah, anything to avoid doing reports. And I said to my wife, I said, I don't like just droning on at these same sort of instructions that everybody hears everywhere else. Let's do something different. And I think I started off rhyming... Um, run with fun and, and it just went from there I said I reckon I can do two like three lines that rhyme four lines and then it just became the whole thing so yeah well it's great it's a lovely touch <laughs> um, very unique to Queen's Domain now you get a lot of people coming for your queue yep um, and that was your theme today how did the theme go and how was the anniversary oh look it was it was great uh, I was a little bit nervous because queue's an awfully hard letter to um, <laughs> to find a costume for but I think we had about a dozen runners um, sort of put in a, a fair bit of thought into what they're doing. Mm. Like, you're a Queenslander and we had some Quidditch players. Um, a couple of people had a, a barcode attached to their front and um, outlined the quiet space around a barcode. Yep. And, you know, that, that's pretty creative for <laughs> a, a dodgy creative. letter. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, no, it was good. We had some cake to finish off, and I think our numbers have tipped maybe fifty extra numbers above our average, which is um, yeah, which is really nice. Excellent. And you're being a bit shy about your own costume here. You've, <laughs> you've come as the queen of Queen's Domain. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> so I've got my wife's dress on yes. with a little two dollar tiara from the reject shop, and I think I think. Having my hair out with the beard is really what makes this costume. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, topped off with your lovely orange volunteer vest yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it all sort of matches. <laughs> it does the job. Look, Nick, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you so much for everything that you and the other volunteers here do at Queen's Domain. It's a wonderful, beautiful run through the bush here. Um, I was actually really taken. This is the Botanical Gardens, yeah? Uh, not quite. It's, no? it's uh, The Botanical Gardens is just down here, but okay. it's, it's the same postcode same area mm. and that same sort of uh sacred nobody's allowed to build up here it's just for the runners walkers cyclists uh, there's a nice little mountain bike track these people are using it's just yep. it's a gorgeous area and to be honest when i was looking to do a park run i thought why hasn't somebody already started one here <laughs> like it makes perfect sense it's two minutes from the cbd but you wouldn't know it like you think yep. you're in the middle of nowhere yep. It's a beautiful spot. You've done really well. Thank you so much for oh, having my me. absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having a chat. No and worries. hopefully I'll see you again sometime. Absolutely. <laughs> You're more than welcome. And so is everybody else listening. Come along. Thanks, Lyndall. And because I've already played the theme music, Mel, tell us where you were on January the 5th. Just an ordinary day in the life of Mel Urbacher? Uh, no. The January no. the 5th is never an ordinary day in the life of the Mel Urbacher. January is the celebration <laughs> Of the You're referring to yourself as the V these days. Well, I'm just, you just did it to me. <laughs> I'm just repeating what you said. Um, no, uh, the January the 5th is the celebration of the life of the Mellow Backer because that's my birthday. Did you have a good birthday this year? That coincided <laughs> with Park Run, so I'm sure it would have been the best kind of birthday. It did, just for the second time in um, my personal Park Run history. The, the very first. Well, because I started Parkrun in the October, the first January I came across in Parkrun World was also my birthday. So that was a great one. Uh, this one, I didn't actually tell anybody it was my birthday. So I managed to sneak that in under the radar. However, I did take across uh, four watermelons and I had chopped them up the night before, removed all the rinds, had them just in perfect pick up, eat and go pieces and had them in the fridge overnight so they were beautiful and icy cold on a really hot summer's day while we were still doing the beach course and um they were much appreciated by everybody who ate them so that was i want to go on record i'd much prefer cold slice of watermelon over a super duper okay i'm in brisbane yep not that we told anyone we were coming, so it's not like they were preparing for you specifically, Scotty. But No, no, I'm not not the general parkrun audience. I'm directing this really at you, Mel. Oh, okay. If the, <laughs> if the general parkrun audience wants to play along, watermelon. watermelon. Watermelon, pineapple, cantaloupe, honeydew, all those summer fruits. Okay. Rockmelon? That's cantaloupe. Is that cantaloupe? Yep. Is that really? Well, I think I think it's, so. Why do you call it cantaloupe? Rock melon, you're referring to the like the orange fruit. Well, the flesh it's is like orange. Honeydew. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. We call them cantaloupes. Is that a Victorian thing, or is that just <laughs> a Scotty Trickett thing? <laughs> I hope so. It couldn't be as good. No, I'm pretty sure it's cantaloupe. 
I'm going to Google it <laughs> while you tell the rest of your story about your birthday park run. Well, that, that was pretty much the rest of my story. Just, you know, I took some stuff to share. Uh, my co-ED called me when I was on my way home to berate me for not letting him know that it was my birthday and he just realised uh, on Facebook after the event. So, uh, yeah, but it, it was nice to just go and have a warm, sunny summer's morning with all my parkrun friends and share some watermelon. Awesome. And just to confirm, the cantaloupe is the world's healthiest fruit, and it is what I'm talking about. It's the world's healthiest fruit. Good source of vitamin A. But the healthiest? Like, on what scale? That was the third result that popped up on Google. Okay. I might have to look into that more later. I do love rock melon. It's a little bit more expensive if you want to give it to people en masse than watermelon is, but yummy all the same. Where were you on the 5th of January, Scotty, if you can hark back and remember? Look, I can. That, that was the weekend where I said I was going to go to Mansfield Parkrun, so they were launching, but I didn't realise how far away Mansfield actually was when I made <laughs> that public statement. <laughs> and because when I looked it up the day before, it was like going to be an over an hour over an hour to drive there through I think what looked like windy sorts of roads and I just said no we're not going to do that so sorry sorry to all the people that were expecting us at the Mansfield launch which was none but um, instead we went down and got a new event in the Melbourne suburb I think it was my Nandy at the time called Marriott Waters and again I, I, I went through a streak of catching up with our event ambassadors and got to run the, run the course with uh, Roger, who has just stepped down as an event ambassador to concentrate on his other life outside of Parkrun. Not sure what that is, something to do with netball or something. Um, but he was, he was listening back to us, so he was going to try and catch up to all our episodes, but working in reverse. Oh, really? So he, yeah. He was doing so a was, Benjamin was, button on us. Yeah. So, oh, God. So he was, yeah, he was fully across all the Parkrun Adventure episodes. So it was a great morning to catch up uh, with Roger. Marriott Waters is in a new estate. So there's houses being built up around it. So at the moment, I think they probably average around 70 to 100 Parkrunners every week. But in a few years' time, once all these houses are built, that number's going to grow to double, triple, um, and it's going to be... I mean, it already is a nice, friendly, good event, but it's going to be a very popular one, I imagine. Awesome. So it's nice and flat, two-lap course. It's called Marriott Waters. Do you run around or beside or near any water? No. That's just Not the name that of I the was estate. aware of. Yeah, that's just the name. I'm sure there's waters within somewhere around there, but uh, we don't run around them okay. as such. Kush had a fall. Oh. She tripped over. She's oh, no. taking not, not... after you, Scotty. What's going on here? <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I was running and Yvonne and Kasha were walking. So I'm not even sure how it happened. But I had to, I went back to collect them and Kasha's pants are ripped. So that's the biggest <laughs> tragedy. She wasn't really hurt, but her favourite running pants were ripped. Mm. And um, there was much... Hullabaloo. Well, yeah, wasn't happy. And, and, and the thing is, here's the attachment. They were just Kmart pants. I don't think they were anything fancy. So we said, don't worry. We know you love them. We'll just go and get you a new pair. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't about the new pair, Mel. It was about this pair. And you can't just replace it with something new that looks like it and feels like it. It has to be these pants that she has a history with, <laughs> apparently. Oh, okay. So are these like PB pants or something? 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but she was she was upset okay. that the pants couldn't be worn anymore because they were ripped. You know what? I can understand that because I I have a history with certain things that can't be replaced, and then when they get damaged or destroyed, it's yeah, it's very upsetting. No new launches coming up this week in Australia, Scotty. However, we've got a handful of anniversaries to celebrate across the country. A couple of Territorian events and some New South Walesians, and then, you know, a couple from the states that you like to call the greatest. Yes. So let's head there. Let's lead off with Newborough celebrating their anniversary, as well as Nightcliff in the Northern Territory, an event you've been to. Yes. Have you not been there too? No, you weren't there that weekend. Then we've got Panania in New South Wales, uh, an old podcast favourite, Studley in Victoria. And Tuggeranong in the ACT. So it is the weekend of celebrating Studley this week. It is. So you'll know where I'll be on Saturday. Ah, see, this is the thing. Because you have changed the rules on the most events list situation, you were quite close to me. However, we were we both got a new event last weekend, but it sounds like you're going to go back and work on a P-Index type of event this weekend, and I'm going to bag another one, oh, another no. newbie. So you're going to have to up your game, Scotty Trickett, because you can't just change the rules to to make up lost ground every now and again. There are no more rules to change to help you. Mm-hmm. The competition doesn't end next week. It doesn't. You've got to give me a bit more chance. Um, but I'm not going to miss an opportunity to go back to Studley and celebrate three years <laughs> of park running there. You say it like yeah. you're asking me the question. Are you sure this isn't the fourth year? No, no, it's three years. Yeah, because I know we've done. We did Under the Sea theme one year. And ah uh, yeah, you can't count. It's it's like zero the first year because we're in our fourth year of podcasting. But and Studley, I kind of consider it to be a sibling of the podcast because it happened in the very early days of our podcast journey. Yep. So, but, and I'm not going to get my P index, Mel. Thanks for your concern there, because I've done Studley heaps of times. Well, that's okay. That doesn't mean like it's 20, not 20, 30 contrib- times. Oh, really? Okay, that is a yeah, lot. So, yeah, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Well, you never know. If you're going to run, you might just get yourself a stopwatch bingo. Yeah, where are you heading this week? This week, I'm going to be in Brisbane at Stones Corner Park Run. All going well. There's a, a bit of an ambassador catch-up going on, so I'm going to go and catch up with said ambassadors in southeast Queensland. Looking forward to it. Now, Mel Kirsten, she, I think she almost inspired you to do a marathon. And I'm not also, I'm also not paying, I'm not fully aware of where we're up to with who knows and who doesn't. But you also dropped the bombshell that you're six months pregnant in the intro. Is it a bombshell, Scotty? Well, I don't know. I think it would be to some. I don't know. Have we have we announced it on the podcast? Well, no. I'm not an announcer person. I don't even tell okay. people I'm going to park run. So no, it's. Now you've just drawn attention to it. It's awkward. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's focus on the fact that you, you're going to be inspired to run a marathon. Yes. And it was reminded to me this week that I said in 
previous episodes of the podcast that I was also going to run a marathon, like a three-hour, 30-marathon, that I have since changed that to say that I will never run a marathon again. Are you, Where are you are sitting? Are you changing Where your are you mind? Right are you going to come to New York with me? <laughs> well, so this is it. So let's let's put it on record for reference. Sake. Yeah. Definitively, like line in the sand sort of stuff. Are you going to run nar- another marathon? Oh, definitely, yeah. Madoc is on my radar. Okay, 100%. 100% that's happening. That's happening. Okay. Not this year. And New York? <laughs> but 100% that's happening. <laughs> New York, well... Ah, oh, see, the way Kirsten spoke about it, there was so much joy and admiration for this event. And uh, I'm not a huge big city person, but yeah, she she's she definitely sells it. She definitely sells it. Um, you know what? If you if you agree to come with, I would say let's make that a yes. Okay, uh, I'll go along with that because. If I was ever to run another marathon, I think it would only ever be in New York because I'm with you. Kirsten had good things to say about it, but a mate I'm going to catch up with this week at Studley, Adam, he ran it last year and he was a big fan and he his stories have inspired me. So maybe. Okay, so. Maybe if we ever get back to New York and if we can get an entry that both of us do on the same year, yeah, if all the stars align, let's yeah. let's make it really difficult, but at the same time commit. <laughs> exactly. There we go. So is everyone clear on that? I think, well, by everyone, do you mean you yep. and me? Because there's just the two of us here right now and all our listeners who can't yeah. pipe up. Yeah. So there we go. New York Marathon, here we come. Talk about setting goals. Mel, thanks, thanks for this week. Great to chat to you a couple of days after I've chatted to you in person. <laughs> Great to see your name and your waveform appearing in front of me on the computer screen. It was my pleasure, Scotty. Let's do it again Scotty, next let's do week. It again. Yeah. Let's do it. 147. Or 113, you never know. Oh, that would be nice. That would be nice.